0: Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. It's Dane. I'm here with Wags. Wags, we're getting through all these positional previews, and today we are talking about a position that a lot of folks have talked about all off-season long, the wide receiver position.
1: Yeah, this is a group that always seems to get a lot of attention, particularly from Packers fans, and uh, it was uh, certainly – a group that we expected big things from, from some of those young, uh, talented guys last year. Um, and, uh, we had some promising things happen and, and some, I would say, uh, you know, unfortunately some disappointment, I think, from this position group as a whole. But, um, when we start talking about this group, we just have to, um, you know, start off the top with a star and that's Devontae Adams, much like some of these other positional groups. Uh, we're not going to spend a ton of time on Devontae because we're really looking at the the uh, camp breakdown here. Uh, but um, I think certainly someone that if he's able to stay healthy and hopefully get a full 16 games from this year, could be on track to have just a career year potentially and a monster season.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, Devontae just gets a huge share of targets if i'm not mistaken he was around 30 percent last season when healthy um and deservedly so i think he's just a premier talent wags in the nfl not just in this packers organization but across the league he's really developed over the last uh, handful of seasons to become um at times quite frankly pretty much unguardable you and i were at the game against seattle in the playoffs last year and um one of the prettier routes I can remember late in the fourth quarter when he was able to get that separation for what ended up ultimately being the the game clenching play. Um, so uh, you're right. I don't think we need to talk too much more about Devonte Adams because uh, he's obviously the number one. He's the number one on every team in the NFL. Um, so really it's the rest of this roster. And uh, let's talk about Alan Lazard a little bit, I think, because he's a guy who, didn't actually make the team out of camp last season. Uh, Packers were able to um, hide him on the practice squad. Uh, he had come to Green Bay late in 2018. And uh, boy, when he got his opportunity around week eight of last season, he was really a, a breath of fresh air and a guy that seemed to get a lot uh, more comfortable with Aaron Rodgers as the season progressed.
1: Absolutely. Ended up starting a few games down the stretch. And, uh, you and I both were really high on Allen, uh, coming into last season as someone that we wanted to watch, uh, certainly did not expect that he would be getting the opportunity that he did. Uh, but, uh, he absolutely took advantage of it, particularly in that second half of the season, uh, finished with almost 500 yards receiving and a few touchdowns. Uh, so I think more than anything though, just came up with some big catches, uh, and, he didn't necessarily, you know, have eye-popping stats game to game. I think, uh, you know, against the uh, Giants late in the season was his best statistical performance. But some of the third down catches he made were significant uh, in terms of uh, keeping the offense out on the field. And, and that was kind of a pain point uh, for this offense early in the season last year. Uh, so Allen's emergence as the season went along uh really, really was a, a significant development for the offense. And he certainly comes in amongst these uh, young wide receivers with, I would say, certainly the best opportunity to lock in a, a number two role.
0: Yeah. And Wags, um, I, I don't know your opinion on this, but for me, it's really interesting because, you know, we talk about Adams, we talk about Lazard, and um, we'll get to Devin Punches in a moment. But I would argue that after these two guys we just talked about, I'm not sure if there's any more locks on this roster right now. Um, there's going to be a lot of jockeying position for three all the way down to receiver five or six. Uh, depending on how many guys the Packers keep. And I mentioned Devin Punches because, um, you know, a couple days ago, he, uh, chose to opt out, uh, this season with the COVID, uh, situation that's going on. So he will not be playing the 2020 season for the Green Bay Packers. And, uh, what that means is we have, uh, a number of guys, uh, Valdis Gantling, St. Brown, Kumaro, Bangleton, you know, and some others that we'll be mentioning here. Uh, over the, the next few minutes. Um, but really, Wags, all bets are off now. Whoa, boy, oh boy. I can't remember the last time there was this much opportunity and it really any position group for the Packers.
1: Yeah. And it's high. I'm, I'm pretty high on Allen. I know you're a little bit higher on him, uh, probably in terms of his position on the roster. Um, I just don't see anyone outside of Devontae as a true a hundred percent lock. I would be, shocked if alan lazar doesn't make the roster and have a a pretty significant role on this offense but remember a year ago we were talking about uh eq in equimania st brown and um marquez valdez Gantling as being breakout um you know uh, potential high impact players in this position group and over the course of camp I really thought EQ was possibly going to get cut if he hadn't gotten hurt and I'm I'm really glad to see him back this year and I'm hoping that he can bounce back and and really, you know, uh develop uh an opportunity to step forward year and what will be year 3 for him. Uh but um I have a hard time uh for someone that you know, was really more thrust into the opportunity he was out of necessity more than anything else. So that's taking nothing away from Alan Lazard. I fully expect him to, you know, not only be on the roster, but to have a a big role in this offense. But listen, I don't see that much separation between him and these other guys. I really don't. And I think if some of these guys come in and, and really bounce back, uh, like if an MBS or an EQ with the talent that they have are able to not only bounce back, but take it to another level here in year three, um, I, it wouldn't shock me if they're out there as the number two and number three wide receiver, like we thought they would be last year, uh, if they're outperforming Allen. And uh, that's not a bad story because I I, I love Allen Lazard. Uh, but uh, if these guys are playing up to their potential, um, that's going to be nothing but good news for this Packers offense.
0: Yeah, let's talk about uh, MVS a little bit. Guy who uh, you know you mentioned uh, had some opportunity last season. Uh, my understanding is he's injured as the season went on, um, but he he all but disappeared as the season continued. He didn't take a lot of snaps. Uh, when he did, he you know he wasn't running a lot of routes on the tree. And, um, you know, I can think of a couple times last season where he just couldn't spot the ball uh, when the ball, you know, Rogers lets it fly, and it, it just never really looked like MVS was comfortable, you know, getting his body in the position to actually make the catch. Um, so what happened there? Because uh, he did have every opportunity in the book, I think, to step up, particularly Wags with Devontae Adams being injured for a few weeks last season. And what we saw uh, was instead of wide receivers stepping up, we saw the Packers and then the coaching staff really get creative and create, uh, plays with the running the game and, and with running backs out of the backfield. Uh, but Valdez Gantling, his opportunities really did diminish. So, um, you know, what happened last season and maybe more importantly, do you see a scenario where he's able to, um, really reach that potential of what we're all hoping he can become?
1: Yeah. That's a really good question. I think without reading into it too much with what was going on between the years, he, it's a little bit different when you're put into being the number one receiver. All of a sudden now he's mashed up against the other team's best cornerback. And quite frankly, when Devontae went down, the other teams knew there wasn't really too many options uh with this wide receiver group. So I think part of it was he was able to get keyed on a little bit and he he Clearly wasn't ready for that. Um, he's not been the strongest route runner. Uh, so that's something that I'm hoping he's worked on a, a little bit this offseason. Uh, he's, he became a little bit of a one trick pony in that he was the guy that they just like to send deep. Uh, and unfortunately he was having some trouble, uh, you know, locating the football a couple of times early, uh, as you mentioned. And I, I don't know if he lost a little bit of confidence. If Rodgers may have lost a little bit of confidence, uh, he dropped a couple of balls that he it looked like he he should have come down with. Uh, so there could have been some some confidence issues I think uh, you know factored in as well as as uh, you know being kind of keyed in on uh, from opposing defenses. Uh, and then if he uh, is is uncomfortable, uh, that can really I think hamper and affect a uh, player and uh, unfortunately MVS just wasn't able to turn it around even after DeVonte came back um so it, it just didn't look like he was on the same page uh with Aaron uh most of the season um I mean, I know that in his rookie season both he and EQ who we can talk about a little bit um at times may not have been on the same page from a playbook perspective uh and not really uh, sure if that was uh, something that he cleaned up a little bit more last year it wasn't noticeable uh that he may not have been running the right plays but um you have to wonder if that could have been part of it at times because he he got quite a few snaps in the first half of the season but mm-hmm. it seemed even before his snaps started going down it didn't seem like 12 was looking his way nearly as much as he had been at the start of the season so um, it, it's hard to say, but um, it's going to be, I think, tough. But if MVS is not able to turn it around, where I was talking about Alan Lazard and kind of the variance that he could have depending on the performance that he gives, as well as some of the guys around him, I'll tell you what MVS could be anywhere from, you know bounce back to being kind of what we thought he might be last year to in danger of even making the roster. Um, and it, which is is crazy to look at someone uh, from that wide of a range, but I truly think that he's going to have to come in and play at a high level. If he's not ready to go, uh, he's certainly not a lock uh, to make this team. Uh, but I, I, I hope for the team's sake and for MVS's sake that he's able to at least find a niche as that deep uh, route threat uh, and, and 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 at least be able to provide that because the speed that he brings onto the field, if he's able to do that, um, that could brave, give an element to this offense that uh, we were missing at times uh, for a pretty significant portion of the season last year.
0: Yeah, and Wags piggybacking off that, I mean – MVS in, in what is proving to look like more of a play action offense if the Packers are getting the run game going. Uh, the Packers need somebody who can stretch the field right and hit that home run when the running game is going and if MVS can I guess build and improve and be that guy for the Packers he could be a guy who's a 0 for, to 60 guy right who some weeks maybe has two catches but he has two catches for 80 or 90 yards and I mean I'll take that all day, but he's got to continue to develop. Um, I want to keep on that draft class because uh, another guy who you've mentioned too, Equinemius, St. Brown uh, EQ, uh, I love his size. He's a six foot five guy. He's still really young legs. I was just looking at him. He's still just 23 years old. And, um, you know, he's got that same body type that Goody seems to really like. Just big, imposing wide receiver and I thought a couple of seasons ago was really working on his rapport. The second half of that season looked like he was coming into his own. Uh, Twenty nineteen preseason didn't really make as much of a uh, you know of a, a impact, and then goes down with a pretty tough injury. Um, you know, loses opportunity to to uh, earn a roster spot as a result. Misses the entire season. So he's another guy. Uh, who Wags, for me, is a giant question mark and is kind of the forgotten man right now. I think a, a lot of Packer fans have, but also a guy who's supremely talented and who I was really excited to see going into last season. So, I mean, a couple of questions here. Can he improve, you know, from, from the 2018 season? And how big of a hindrance is this injury going to be? Hopefully it doesn't fold over into 2020.
1: Well, we'll find out. And he's someone again that he's going to have to be ready to go from day one. He struggled a little bit getting on the same page with Aaron as well in his rookie season. He appeared in 12 games, and I thought made some some pretty impressive catches. Uh, he's yeah. just got such a long frame, you know. Really, I think he's got some pretty solid hands. Uh, he's able to snag the ball uh, with a, a very nice and a big catch radius. A lot of times you see these longer guys, they're not necessarily able to reach out and snag the ball um, at high t- catch points, but uh, Aquamanius was, was able to do that um, at, at times. And so that's a, a real weapon that Aaron can use uh, if he's able to uh, come in and show that he's able to carve out a role for himself. Um, he might be, uh, one of the biggest beneficiaries of Bunch hopping out because, uh, they're similar type, you know, players. If, if you forgive me for, you know, just looking at their build and, and kind of, uh, guys that you would project to line up on the outside. So, um, on those plays that, and I know they're pretty interchangeable as they're going in motion, et cetera. But, um, this is someone, uh, in, in EQ that, I look at as having an opportunity to perhaps, uh, you know, just establish that he can, um, you know, get a few snaps. And, and perhaps um, if he can get on the same page with Aaron, uh, he could, uh, you know, be in for a bounce back season. Uh, his role would probably grow over the course of the season. I don't see him as someone that's going to come in and compete for a starting role right now, uh, but it would be a, a nice development, I think, for him and the team uh, if he's able to bounce back and have a strong camp and solidify his his spot on the roster and, and potentially get out there and, and, and grow his role over the course of the season.
0: Wags, how about somebody like a Jake? Kumaro, kind of the other end of the spectrum uh, in in some regards, I think. Um, Somebody who, um, you know, isn't that young up-and-coming prospect. Actually, I was looking at the ages of the roster, and I realized that um, Kumaro is actually the oldest wide receiver uh, in the room, actually older than Devontae Adams. So he's a guy who, um, you know, maybe has maxed out his potential, Uh, but has definitely served a purpose and has contributed to this Packers team, Uh, really standout guy on special teams. Um, But at the same time, same token, I guess, he's maybe not somebody who is going to, you know, blow the doors off. I think we kind of know what we have in Jake Kumaro. and it's a serviceable wide receiver at the NFL level. Um, But do you see an opportunity for him to potentially get cut this season? I, I just think that... If all the, all things are the same this year, um, the Packers are probably going to go with a youth movement at Whiteout instead of staying with somebody who's a steady hand where you know what you have in Jake, but also, um, he's probably never going to be that guy who's going to be a full-time contributor to the offense.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you. I think all things being equal, you've got some of these other young guys, uh, in a Durrell Stewart, uh, in a Darius Shepard, uh, in a Reggie Bagleton. That, you know, you're probably going to want to look at, uh, give a long, hard look at, uh, and, uh, consider, uh, developing uh, over the next few seasons. Uh, so Jake, he's 28 years old. Uh, your, your mention of his strong special teams contribution is the biggest key. It's going to be fascinating to see here with no preseason games how they are able to really establish who can be those special teams contributors. So for that reason alone, Jake might have uh, an inside track at keeping a spot on this roster because you kind of know what you're getting. So it's, it's it goes both ways. You know what you're getting with Jake, but you know what you're getting with Jake, if you forgive me. (laughs) Um, So it's, it's, it's tough though, because you special teams is such an important part of the game that is oftentimes overlooked. And he is someone that, uh, you know, he, he can definitely get the job done there. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I thought when Devonte went down last year, we were going to get more involvement uh, from him as a receiver. And I was a little bit surprised that that never really happened. And so, unfortunately, I think that kind of says a little bit Uh, Of his, uh, you know, limited upside as a contributor, as a receiver, Um, you know, uh, so we'll see, uh, but um, I would agree with you uh, overall that uh, he's going to have to, you know, uh, I think really have to uh, have some things roll his way, Uh, but I, I'm not going to be surprised if he makes the roster. I think, again, you, you're you're going to get someone that you can uh, lock in at special teams, um, and uh, I, I think he's serviceable to come in and, and be a possession receiver in a pinch, uh, but uh, certainly doesn't have a lot of upside anymore at this point in his career. So um, if these other guys that are kind of, you know, chomping at the bit behind him, uh, come in and, and and can have a strong camp, I think it's more likely than not that they're going to probably have the uh, opportunity to stick on this roster.
0: It's a great point, Wags. It's a great point. And, um, you know, looking across the board here, I, I want to make sure we're doing service to the guys who, you know, were on the roster last season. So it's kind of the order that I'm, I'm going in here. So I want to keep going with uh, Darius Shepard my uh, you know wide receiver uh came from a small school undrafted free agent the guy i i if i recall last season you and i were both really eager uh we saw him in camp really caught the 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 punts really cleanly in camp uh looked really natural out there and uh but you know when he was able to be activated to the active roster last season um unfortunately it just made a couple too many mistakes is what it came down to. And uh, the Packers thought enough of, I think, his long-term potential that they still brought him back to the practice squad, which you don't always see uh, in this day and age of the NFL. Um, But, you know, this is really his his time to shine, I think, is this season. Um, So tell me what you think about Darius Shepard, because I'm still pretty high on this young man, and I think he can contribute at the NFL level.
1: Yeah, and I talked earlier about confidence with uh, MVS, uh, that is a huge factor here for uh, this young man and Darius Shepard. He, you know, unfortunately had some ball security issues very late in the preseason, just had a phenomenal uh, preseason last year in camp, Uh, It was, was kind of the talk of camp. Uh, and uh just locks his uh just forces his way onto the roster uh, uh as a return man uh and uh you know uh I was really excited by what we were gonna get from him um uh, and then, as a receiver uh he i thought gave a dimension that really no one else in this group uh was was showing uh or that could do uh as a as more of a true slot guy so uh Darius Shepard is someone that I am still very high on, but is he able to uh, bounce back? Is he Does he know and believe that he can be a contributor at the NFL level? Uh, because if you lose that confidence, sometimes you just can't get it back. So uh, it will be interesting. This was another guy that really would have, uh, I think, benefited from having some preseason games uh, yeah. because uh, what we saw out on the practice field, as you said, just so smooth, uh, was able to, I think you could see why he was able to win the coaching staff over, but uh, when the lights were shining bright out in that game situation, uh, it looked like he may have uh, had a, a few costly, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, turnovers and then a, a very costly dropped pass. He was wide open. I just remember him backpedaling. Uh, he would not have had a touchdown catch um, and, you know, just kind of stumbled, got his feet locked up underneath him, kind of stumbled and wasn't able to come down with football. And it seemed like, Almost right after that happened, he just seemed like he sort of lost it. Uh, So I I don't know. I don't know, Dane. I I really hope we get the kid that came in and took camp by storm early last year uh, because uh, he can not only make a difference, I think, as a special teamer, but I really think he could make an impact and a difference as a wide receiver. Um, And uh, so he he brings a a little bit of that different dimension. And um, so – uh, I'll be excited to see, and he's someone to definitely keep a very close eye on, because uh, if he's able to show that he can be a return man, then, uh, you know, uh, someone like Irvin may not uh, make the team as a running back, as we talked about in our previous episode. So I think, uh, you know, uh, Darius Shepard is someone that, um, you know, probably really also benefits from Funchius uh, opting out, because uh, it's a numbers game at this point. So, um, you know, it, and if he is able to perform at a high level, um, I would say he has probably a, a more likely inside track of making the roster of someone like a Jay Kumro as well. So uh definitely number 10, Darius Shepard, someone to keep a very close eye on and, and, and watching those uh, daily news reports coming out of camp. No doubt
0: about it. And, um, you know, wrapping up guys that, uh, were part of last season's roster. Um, I want to talk about Malik Taylor for a minute. Um, you know, Malik Taylor, big bodied wide receiver was on the practice squad, uh, last season. Um, interesting, you know, he, he lost the entire, uh, college, career, uh, season, his senior season to injury. Uh, but I mean, legs, six, three. 216-pound wide receivers, what I've seen him listed as. Uh, we saw him a little bit in the preseason last season, came on late. Um, and, you know, just somebody that uh, I, I've read some reports on him, and um, he, he's been quoted as saying just he wants to be more comfortable, play more comfortable with the playbook. And, you know, that that's typical, I think, of a guy who came onto the roster late. Um, but I'm fascinated to see what he's going to be able to do. The team thought enough of him again that he was on the practice squad all off season. Um, you know, when when you know another guy who I think is being overlooked uh, by some people. But when the Packers didn't draft wide receiver, they clearly thought that they had enough talent in house. And uh, the receivers that are on the practice squad aren't able to talk to the media uh, during the season. And, uh, you know, really their time to shine is in practice. So I've got to think the Packers saw something every single day in practice to think that uh, somebody like Malik Taylor uh, could contribute and make this team out of camp.
1: Yeah, and he's trying to take the Alan Lazard route uh, in terms of being on the practice squad all last year. And now he has an opportunity in in his second year with the team to perhaps uh, make that jump. Um, and, uh, carve out, uh, a spot for himself. Um, he, he's been working, you know, very hard. I know he, he really wants to be part of this team and, and make his, uh, NFL dream, uh, a reality. I mean, I, I, I realize obviously he's on an NFL team right now, but I mean, uh, in terms of being on a 53 man roster and, and getting opportunities out on the field on Sundays. So, um, I think he's definitely someone, uh, to, to pay attention to uh again I don't see a ton of separation these, these this is basically an open competition I think uh, for most of these guys uh, after Devonte now certainly uh, as we said earlier uh, a guy like Alan Lazard has uh, a clear leg up and, and you know but i i think this coaching staff is going to be evaluating all of these guys very carefully uh, and uh, whoever, uh, comes in, wants the most, performs at the highest level, they they could, they could find themselves, uh, with a starting gig, uh, sooner than later, uh, lining up opposite Devontae Adams. So it's pretty incredible to think about. That would be a, a significant leap for someone like Malik Taylor, but I'm not ruling anything out. Uh, last year at this time, who was talking about Alan Lazard as a potential number two wide receiver? So, um, you know, I know Malik. Uh, is, is someone that uh, we're going to want to be paying close attention to as well, number 86. So um, I'm excited to see what he can do because we didn't get much of a look at him in preseason. And granted, we're not going to get games in preseason this year, but uh, we're going to get some extended practice reports. So I think we're going to find out a little bit more about Malik Taylor uh, going into this season than than what we were last year because he wasn't signed until September 1st last year. So the regular season had basically uh, started by that point. So, um, yes, he was carried on the practice squad all season, but you don't normally hear much going on uh, once the season starts. So uh, we're going to definitely get a much longer look and and get a much better idea of what Malik Taylor can do as a football player.
0: Legs, let's talk about we got a couple newcomers. Uh, and the first one I think we should definitely talk about is Reggie Bengleton. Uh, Reggie, a friend of our podcast. Um, but, uh, you know, folks, go back and listen to that interview because I thought that uh, I learned an awful lot about him just in having a conversation with him. And uh, what really struck out to me is a guy with a ton of drive and somebody who's incredibly focused. I mean, last season, in the coming over from the CFL, the Canadian football league. I mean, folks, go watch the YouTube videos. I'm hyped about him because I, I thought that uh, he made a lot of really difficult catches. Um, you know, just, just played like a, a big wide receiver, a big time wide receiver was able to get a lot of separation, was making an, an awful lot of tough catches, uh, comes with, um, you know, a lot of, um, high football IQ. I thought, and seems like a guy who's just really working at it day in and day out. And somebody that Coach Lafleur in the offseason, Wags, uh, mentioned uh, by name as somebody who was standing out to him. So, uh, you know, we're talking about all these guys that are going to be battling for positions. And uh, I said, it, uh, you know, I think on the podcast that I think he's going to make the team. And I think he's going to be turning some heads. And I, I believe it now as much as I did then. I'm um, with Devin Punches no longer uh, deciding to play this season, I think it's even more than I did before. So uh, tell me what you think about Reggie Bengleton.
1: Yeah, I agree. And certainly not a lot. But here's uh, someone that what really impressed me most about Reggie is uh, his route running skills. I mean, he um, he's he's got the underneath routes um he's not afraid to do cross ring routes over the middle um and he, and he can run deep he's not a speedster um you know he uh, admittedly uh he will tell you he's not the fastest guy at this position he's working hard at that um but he's no slouch either and he's someone that i i think has really soft hands um and uh, can can break tackles uh, he's got some really strong uh, yards after catch skills as well Um, So uh, for not the biggest guy, he's listed at six foot 200. Um, I think he's someone that's compact, uh, but uh, I I think he's he could really turn some heads uh, early on if he's able to be uh, as versatile as he's working on being and, and really just learning this playbook inside out uh um, he's someone that can can go out there and, you know, uh, earn the trust of the coaching staff and, and the, his fellow uh, offensive personnel. And, and most importantly, the quarterback, uh, he could definitely uh, not only, I think, make this team, uh, but contribute because uh, he's going to be someone that uh, can go out there and line up inside, outside uh, and um, uh, can run all the routes, like I said. So I'm just extremely impressed with him. Um, folks i i know that uh as as a guy coming out of the cfl and as a small school kid out of lamar uh, you're not necessarily going to be expecting a lot of things but um pay attention number 84 reggie Bagleton. um i and and i'm i'm not usually super impressionable uh just from talking to guys dane but i was equally as impressed with you know how he carries himself just a quiet but humble confidence, um, and, you know, he, I think, is someone that is just approaching things the right way, uh, maybe uh, with a, a few extra years of experience, not coming straight out of college, uh, he might have a, a little bit of an edge on some of these uh, young guys that are just coming out of, uh, of school, so um, uh, he's some, definitely someone to, to pay close attention to and and I'm excited uh, to see what kind of role he's able to establish for himself because I'm very bullish on what Reggie's going to be able to do for this team.
0: Yeah, absolutely man. And you know, wrapping up the current players on the roster, um undrafted free agent Daryl Stewart coming out of Michigan State and um I really am curious to, to watch him at the next level, Wags. I think we actually might have gotten a gem in this young man. Uh, You know, he's a guy who um, I, off the field supposed to have a great personality. They say that, you know, he's got a great sense of humor. But on the field, um, you know, like, you know, off the field, a good locker room guy, I should say, too. But on the field, you know, I think he could really – uh, he, he presents a different kind of wide out than, uh, you know, some of these bigger bodied guys that uh, Goody and company seem to really like. Um, I think that I've, I've read enough about him. I've watched enough of him to see that he makes a lot of incredibly challenging catches. Uh, he, he could potentially fill a slot role for this Packers organization. And, uh, just, I think what he brings to the table, um, it looks like he's a kick returning some at Michigan State as well. So, you know, he's one of those guys that might be able to uh, do it all. And with an open position group, the way that we're seeing, I mean, let's not sleep on Daryl Stewart either, because, you know, he could definitely, much like Shepard did last season, just earn his way uh, day in and day out in camp on the roster and, and really be a guy who could contribute from day one.
1: Yeah, and it will be interesting to see if, you know, again, not that just looking at their height and weight, uh, and what, you know, if they're just projected to play slot or outside is the be all end all. But, you know, they definitely have a few more guys because with, with Daryl Stewart and now Reggie Bagleton as well as Darius Shepard, uh, you've got a few guys that have that more prototypical slot type size. So, um, and And they have a lot of similarities in in some ways in that they uh, are potential special teams contributors uh, that will have to be a route onto their roster. They're all guys that were undrafted um, they are all guys that um, are definitely uh, have some some nice hands and, and can make make the tough catches um, so it'll be interesting to see amongst those three guys um, if if that 's kind of the competition. Uh, to potentially lock a spot on this roster. Um big personality, uh as you said from from Darryl Stewart Jr. Um I watched a little bit of him uh since he's a big 10 guy and you know we we do watch our badgers. Um and he was always someone that you know you had to account for. Uh, no doubt about it. Um was probably a a, a little bit um you know uh, in terms of uh, his speed downfield. Uh, is probably not uh, something that is going to catch your eye as much. Um, and that's why he may have slid in the draft or out of the draft. Uh, but um, uh going across the middle um, is someone that can definitely make the catches, go down and, and get uh, uh the tough catches in traffic, as you said. So if he's able to, he would have really benefited from preseason games too. I can't say that enough. I, I don't know. Um, if he'll have enough opportunities in terms of the number of reps he's going to get in practice. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's someone that, at worst, uh, the Packers keep around on the practice squad uh, and uh, is able to stick around with the team uh, and go the route uh, that we've seen with some of these other guys, and Al Lazard uh, and then Malik Taylor, as we talked about a couple minutes ago, uh, if Daryl Stewart isn't someone that kind of has that route at worst as well. Um, certainly he was one of the only, uh, wide receivers that we bought in new, um, you know, that wasn't a part of the program last year. So, um, uh, it will be interesting to see. I would say he's probably a little bit of a long shot to make the 53, uh, but, um, I'm not ruling anything out as well.
0: So, Wags, right now, as it stands, the Packers have nine wide receivers on the, uh, the current roster. And Of those nine, I mean, historically, the last couple of seasons we've kept six wide receivers. I mean, do you see a scenario? I'm not going to ask you to, to, to handpick these these receivers because um, you know there's a lot of work that needs to be done between now and, and the first day, first game. But I am wondering: Do you think the Packers still keep six wide receivers this year? We're hearing the uh, stories, and we saw how the Packers drafted. They're clearly looking to move more to the run game, but you still want to have talent at the wide receiver position. So do you think they keep six? Do you think they keep five? What does that look like to you?
1: Yeah, um I think they'll probably keep five or six. And the thing is, is that if they keep five, they can probably stash two of these guys on the practice squad. Uh, right. And, and that's just the reality. I, I think uh, when you look at this group, there's not a ton of separation um from from two to nine. Uh, And again, I'm not diminishing Alan Lazard, but the the, the reality is, is that I wouldn't be shocked to see any of these guys come in and establish a role over the course of the season. Uh, So uh, but on the other hand, when you look at it from a roster standpoint, um, the reality is, is uh, this isn't the uh, name guys. Uh, When you look at the wide receiver groups at teams across the NFL, I don't know that. Um, any of these guys are going to be snapped up immediately if they're released from the Packers and put on another team's active roster. So, you know, and again, that's not taking anything away from any of these guys either. There's just a ton of talented receivers across the NFL. So um, the good news for the Packers is is that more than likely they could probably get away with having five and uh, stashing a couple on the practice squad. Uh, with that expanded practice squad, especially, and then if there is an injury or underperformance, uh, it would be pretty easy to elevate one of those two guys up onto the fifty-three.
0: That's a that's a good point with the expanded um, practice squad roster as well. I mean, going from you know low double digit to sixteen is a pretty significant uptick when you start to do the math, right? I mean, it's it's quite a few guys that the Packers are going to be able to kind of stick with the with the team this year. So I'm happy about that. And I guess the other thing that I'd like to add, and I'm curious here, take legs is um, a lot of talent is also going to be cut at the wide receiver position. And my gut tells me we might not see the final amount of receivers right now, right? With punches, no longer there. The Packers clearly wanted to bring in a veteran presence. Um, so, you know, um, be on the lookout for cuts from other teams as well, and maybe even potentially a, a late round trade. Um, because the Packers, I think, have proven over the years, especially the last couple of years, they're always looking to improve wherever they think uh, it's possible.
1: Yeah, and I was, uh, I would agree. I don't think that this is a position group that you know, Goody in the front office will ne- necessarily stand pat. Uh, just looking over some of the, the free agent wide receivers that are still out there, uh, there aren't really any names that stand out to me. But if they wanted to bring in another veteran to uh, replace Frenches, um, you know, you've got guys that are a little long of the truth and in, in kind of like a Demarius Thomas. Um, I'm not sure he's someone that I would get, you know, too excited about. Um uh, but he's a guy that, you know, has had a successful career. Um you've got someone like a Tavon Austin that's never really probably lived up to the potential that you would have expected from him. Um uh, but, um uh, you know, is another special teamer. Uh, so, you know, maybe he's someone that you could take a flyer on. Um, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's a few other guys out there that, uh, you know, certainly are names. Uh, you know, Jav- uh, Jermaine Curse. uh, you know, we had Ryan Grant last year and he had a long, look at him and he never really elevated onto the roster, Jordan Matthews. So again, no one that's out there that I would be like, "Oh, we have to go get this guy." Mm-hmm. But um, you know, if they want to bring in someone in camp as as another veteran to, to compete um uh, and, you know, perhaps uh just uh give that a uh, professional reliability that you would expect from a veteran that's been around a while, uh, that that wouldn't shock me um if they bring someone else in at some point.
0: Yeah, this is going to be a really exciting. I, I sure wish we could go to camp <laughs> and watch <laughs> it all unfold. And, you know, we'll be, I know, reading the reports and doing our podcast and talking about it. But, um, I think this is one of those, this and the, and potentially the middle linebacker position wag are the two, um, position battles that I'm really, really fascinated to kind of just watch because I think that, uh, both ends, there's a lot of talent that the national media and even some Packer fans are sleeping on. And I just, I really want to see some of these guys compete because I think that there's some talent on this roster that people just don't necessarily uh, talk enough about.
1: Yeah, I really believe in the talent of this group. And even though, you know, uh, some of the guys that we expected to make significant contributions last year in an MVF, in an EQ, uh, it didn't necessarily happen. I am i haven't lost, you know, my bullishness on, on what they could potentially do as well as some of what some of these other guys can do. So um, there, it's not the name talent. I understand there's some frustration out there when the Packers uh, did not. Uh, use any of their high draft picks, uh, to bring in a wide receiver. Uh, I get it. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm confident in the guys that we have here. Uh, they've been, they, most of them have been with the team for some time now. Um, you know, if they're gonna have to, something we didn't talk about is, is, as you said, uh, we're looking to get this running game as, as kind of the uh, priority in this offense. Um, so they're going to have to block too. So let's not lose sight of that as well. That's going to be as important as anything uh in getting your reps out there on the field. So, and that was one of the things that Alan Lazard, I think was the reason why he was able to get out on the field as much as he was over the course of the season, at least early on. And it was his blocking ability. And then from there, he was able to, to prove that he could catch the ball as well. So uh sometimes it's just uh it's not all about making the splash plays. It's about doing the little things. Uh, so these guys are going to have to, you know, prove that they can, you know, get their, uh, you know, hands dirty and, uh, get in there and, uh, and do those, uh, blocking, uh, you know, things that they need to do as well. So, um, there's going to be all kinds of things and all kinds of ways that they're going to be able to carve out a role for themselves. So I, I like this group. I really do. Um, I think uh, the story is yet to be written. Uh, so I am not going to sit here and predict, uh, you know, outlandish things uh, from this group uh, outside of Devontae Adams. Um, I, I mean, just being realistic, uh, we don't know exactly who is going to be or what we're going to get. Um, I, I acknowledge that, but I am confident that we're going to be able to get a productive, uh, you know, a trio or, or, a qu- or, or at least um, a productive um, you know season out of this wide receiver group as a whole
0: folks if you like what you heard here today i i mean i i can't ask you enough to please rate us like us share us with your friends um you know go to our instagram page lombardi's legends twitter facebook um like our posts um go back Listen to some awesome interviews with Packer players that we've had over the last few weeks. A number of these guys have been kind enough to come on and, uh, and join us. And, uh, you know, just please, please, please just, uh, you know, um, you know, hold out hope that we're going to have a good, fun season here because, uh, Wags, I, I am geared up for another Packer football season. That 49er game left a, a bad taste in my mouth and I want to get some revenge this season.
1: For sure. So thanks so much for listening, and go Pack Go!
0: Go Pack Go!